Chapter Two of the Knights of the Square Table. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Chuck Williamson. The Knights of the Square Table by Secretary Hawkins. Chapter Two First Signs of Trouble. I say it's an outrage, Johnny McLaren was saying, to take in a boy without looking up what he's been doing before he came here. Supposing this Acomb fella brings a gang down on us. What then? What then? I repeated. Well, what then, Johnny? It isn't quite right, said Johnny. You see, I look at it this way, Sec. We shouldn't be expected to fight any other fella's battles. We got plenty of trouble of our own. Go away, I waved my hand. Go away, Johnny. Don't tell me that. You sound like a kid in the primer class, when really you are one of our graduates. You know Herb, don't you? Yes, of course I know him. What do you think of him? Why, Herb's all right. He's a fine fella. But why should we fight his fights for him? Uh, hold on a minute, broke in Shadow Loomis. Who's fighting any fights for him? Nobody is yet, spoke up Johnny. But from what sex been telling us, Herb expects a guy named Pooley to come down here and start something. It ain't right, that's all. Right your foot, I exclaimed. Say, Listen, Johnny, if I hadn't known you ever since we wore kilts, I'd tell you you were a fool. Listen, supposing you were the newcomer in this gang. Supposing you'd had some trouble with a fella. Do you think we'd fuss about it like you're doing? Do you think Shadow or Robbie Hood or Lou Hunter or Bill Darby or Jerry Moore? Well, Jerry might, but... Do you think us boys would stop for a minute? Not on your life. We'd be right by Johnny McLaren's side when Johnny McLaren was facing a fight. Now then, why can't you feel like the rest of us when it comes to standing up for somebody else? Johnny didn't answer. He walked over to the window with his hands in his pockets and gazed out at the treetops. There were only the four of us. Shadow Loomis, Robbie Hood... Johnny McLaren, and myself. I always know the ones to pick out for a talk of this kind. I can depend more on these three than I can on any others. Johnny was our first captain, and he ought to have more sense than to talk like that. It gets my goat. I told him so. Shadow just listened to it all and smiled. <laughs> that Shadow. He can see through a thing so darn quick and smile it off without any desire to talk. And Robbie Hood, while he is a fast worker and a reliable kid, he always takes second place to Shadow Loomis. He thinks Shadow knows best, and he's right about that, too. Johnny McLaren turned suddenly around and walked up to me. By Jove, you're right, Hawkins, he said. He held out his hand. I know darn well I'm right, Johnny, I said as I shook his hand and smiled. I want you to be your old self. You were captain of this gang once. 
You want to live up to it, boy. I will, Sack, he said. There was a step on the porch. Herb Acomb's smiling, happy face showed itself through the door curtains. Am I buttoning in? he asked. Not at all. Come in, Herb, I said. He came in and looked from one to the other. Bill Darby says if Johnny McLaren don't come down to the ball lot this minute, he's going to quit. I'll come, Herb, said Johnny quickly. Come on, Robbie. You'd better go with us. I'll be there in a few minutes, said Robbie, reluctant to leave Shadow and me. Go ahead, Robbie, I said. Bill needs you. The hint was quickly taken, and I saw from the quick glance that Robbie shot me that he knew I wanted him to go. When we were alone, Shadow said, We are in for another siege, Hawkins. Yeah, I said. Herb Acombs got something on his chest that he won't let out. But we might as well figure on trouble. You and I don't care, Shad. We're used to it. Yes, we're ready, answered Shadow, gazing out of the window. Only it's a bit of a bother, Hawkins. I had hoped that we would be over with fights and fussing. <sighs> Dern if I like it. Do you think I do, Shad? I asked him. He wheeled around with a smile on his face. <laughs> yes, he said. I really do, Hawkins. I think you like it very much. I've been around you a long time now, and dern if I don't think you like trouble. You're just born that way, that's all. If you didn't have something to worry over... Oh, hum, I sighed. You guys get funny ideas into your heads. I turned my head down and began to write in my book. If Jerry Moore should find out that Herb's got enemies coming here for him, began Shadow. Oh, if Jerry says one word, I broke in. If he says one word, Shadow, I'll kick him out of this clubhouse into the river. He's a pretty big boy, Hawkins. They don't make him too big for me, Shad. I don't care how big he is. And Jerry's got it coming to him anyhow. He's always been the pessimist of this bunch. Dern if it wouldn't give me pleasure to kick him once, just for luck. The next night, by request of Lou Hunter, we all came down to the clubhouse to practice singing. The boys all like to sing when they don't have anything else to do, and so being an off night for most of them, they didn't make any excuses when Lou asked them to come. We had a fine time in the clubhouse, Good old Doc Waters came down to sit and listen, and he smoked his long-stem white pipe while we sang, and clapped his hands after every song. The song he liked the best was The Boatman. It goes like this. Row, boatman, row us over the silvery stream. The night is bright and clear. The moon is out. The stars are gleaming. Sweet music fills the air. With joy and love our hearts are teeming. Then, boatman, row us over the stream With steady hand and splashing oar. We'll glide beneath the moon's soft beam Till home again we'll be once more. I kind of like that song myself. Why, except that maybe it sounds more like real life 
I was interested in the way Herb Acomb sang. He wasn't bashful. He sang right out loud. Only Lou Hunter had to turn around two or three times and tell him he was singing false. Jerry Moore and I sang bass. That is, I tried to sing it, but... Ugh, how Jerry's deep, low voice carried. It seemed to me that all the rest of the singing was riding on Jerry's low voice. And there's a part in that song where Jerry sings, Row, row, row. He just keeps on rowing while the others sing the verse, you know. And believe me, I forgot all about singing myself as I listened to that. It was fine. In the middle of the song, there comes a knock on the door. Ha! I says to myself. Here's trouble come, sure as you're born. I ran to open it myself. Two strange-looking boys stood on the porch. They wore funny little square caps without peaks, and upon each cap was the word night. From their shoulders hung blue capes with a four-legged table painted in white on the left side. I didn't look at their faces, so much was I taken with their costume. But I knew in an instant that here were the forerunners of our new problem. What do you want? I demanded. We want to talk with you, they said. They spoke as if they had been practicing a speech. Both spoke together the words, We want to talk with you. Are you Secretary Hawkins? If so, all right. We won't talk with anybody else. That's me, I said quickly. I'm Secretary Hawkins. What do you want? Again, they spoke together. By Jove, they had been trained. We don't want to harm you or anybody, Secretary Hawkins. All we came for is a boy who is called Herb Acomb. If he isn't here, say so. If he is, send him out. I hesitated a moment and glanced behind me. Herb was on his toes, ready to come forward. But I waved him back and turned again to the square caps. You'd better go, I said. We're not hunting trouble, either. This is our clubhouse, and we are peaceful. There's nothing good you can do. We want to see Herb Acomb a minute, spoke up one of the square caps. His face was good and open, but he looked as if he meant business. If you want to see him, come in here and talk to him, I said, stepping aside and pulling the door open with me. They both stood on tiptoe and gazed over the heads of all our boys until their eyes lighted on Herb. Then, as if satisfied, they settled back on their heels. No, said one, who seemed to be the spokesman. We won't come in. All we wanted to know was whether he was here or not. Worse luck for you, Secretary Hawkins. Good night. And then, like a flash, they had turned and were down the porch steps. I ran after him, and Jerry Moore and Roy Doble followed me. But before we had reached the river path, there was nothing to be seen of either of them. The darkness had swallowed him up. Herb wanted to resign that night. We had all we could do to keep him from doing so. He said he would rather resign than... Let us boys get into any trouble. But Johnny McLaren got up and said, 
that if there was anybody in this crowd in trouble, we would see to it that we got him out of it. Think of that from Johnny McLaren, he who had been so against it at first. That just goes to show you what kind of boys we had. Uh, but today, when we came down to the old river bank, we found every one of our canoes and skiffs gone. They had been taken during the night. This won't ever do, said Dick Ferris. We will have to find those boats back right away. Which we did. End of chapter 2